Did you get a rock hard erection when you found her? Because <laughs> that's what happens when I see dead girls. <laughs> I blast right out of my pants. <laughs> two bitches, yeah, two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. <laughs> Bitch. Hi, welcome to Bitch Watch. Hello. Oh, good. They they saved Lady Gaga's dogs. Yeah, yeah. A woman turned them in. Well, Lady Gaga was re- offering like a $500,000 reward. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to go drive out to California and see if I can find some dogs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> also, like, that's really sad because I'm like, man, if my dogs got stolen, I'd be able to give people like $5 and a rock. <laughs> I have a protein bar and some LaCroix. Would you? I don't have $500,000. <laughs> right? I mean, they are they are French bulldogs, so they're pricey little fuckers. I still don't have $500,000. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel that. But yeah, so uh, this week I got to go on the first ride of the year. Bike ride. I like to ride bikes. But yeah, I like to ride bikes. And we got to go biking and I biked like five miles. It took an hour but then we went and like we walked along a beach and it's like one of my favorite spots to go because it's just so quiet and you can hear the water running. It's really dope. Nice. But yeah, and it was very, very zen. But God damn it, does the bottom of my ass hurt? Oh, girl, let me tell you. And then my traps, like, I guess holding myself up. Maybe. Like my leg muscles aren't sore, but like my neck to shoulder is fucking atrocious. But I also just have really weak upper body strength, so. There is that. So I spent yesterday working. Mm-hmm. Normally, normally if we have to do a Saturday shift, it's only four hours. We worked for five hours last night from four to Jesus. nine o'clock at night. About that. And then let's see, last night at about 1030, I reached out and asked if anyone had this game Raft because Brian and I started playing it at about, I don't know, probably two months ago. When we played, we played for like 10 hours the first day and i was obviously really enjoying it and then i asked to play like the next day and he's like no i don't want to play today and then it fell off the face of the earth we didn't play it for like two months i play games you Mm -hmm. know this i mean i'm not trying to be like i'm not like i probably play games more than you do no definitely i almost never play games i i haven't ever played raft i haven't really looked into it i play a lot of league yeah (laughs) if i play games it's like sims like i don't play games that involve other people typically because i'm not great at games and i hate feeling like the weakest link playing games you know what i mean people yeah you shouldn't feel like that though i just don't really enjoy like holding people up but yeah so i reached out last night and my friend stone said that he had it as well and he's like oh i love that game i'll play and i was like sweet so we played from 10 30 to 3 30 this morning <laughs> jesus wept i haven't seen you stay up that late that's crazy i don't know the last time i stayed up that late but what happened is is because i worked through everything yeah off. when i work it throws everything off even when we just shift down two hours and then i have to work late so actually friday i worked 10 to 8 30 and it uh-huh. just throws my circadian rhythm off so i get that i feel that a lot i had to kind of refix my sleep schedule because quarantine had me staying up until like three o'clock four o'clock in the morning with a bunch of people on discord mm-hmm. man last time i played the forest i got judged super harshly by asking if i could eat the bodies <laughs> because we were running out of food and we were starving and i was like can i not eat the people and they're like why the fuck would you eat the people like that's cannibalism i was like i'm starving you think i won't eat one of you motherfuckers if i'm starving you start with the fat Are ones you first. kidding me yeah the dead ones first but you know like i mean if they're already dead the thing about it, you're, they're dead you're not killing them you're surviving like it sucks but like yeah anyways so dexter Dexter. this season okay like i know you love season four i think this might be my favorite it's a very good season i'm enjoying it more this time than i was i think the last time i watched through the show 
Walking away from Dexter, I always remember season four. I remember John Lithgow. I remember the Trinity Killer and it stands out Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's the first season that kind of directs you away from like the first three seasons where it's just like, la, la, la. Dexter's killing people because he kills people and blah, blah, blah. I feel like season four really gives the show structure. If that makes sense. Yeah. It bumped the emotional toll and like shit up to a Yeah, it think. bumped the weight of it. And I feel like the serial killer in it is actually scary. Not that this show is set out to be scary, but you know, like the ice truck killer just feels a little laughable. You know what I mean? It's very cliche. I mean, it's interesting because he drains their blood and like his motives and everything. Him being a doctor, like him, well, kind of being a doctor. <laughs> but like having the medical precision and like all of that, it just feels a little far-fetched. And like you said, it just... <laughs> It's interesting, but... Yeah, I totally feel like this group of men is very realistic Mm -hmm. and something that is in the mind of women all the time. Um, And it's like a real fear. Julia Stiles did a really good job of personifying that and portraying that, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, it's just... it's. It hits hard, but it's just, yeah, it's just really, really good and uh, more, I guess, realistic. Yeah. And isn't that sad? I'm saying that a rape fucking, a rape group is realistic. If you think about it, you don't typically watch serial killers working within the police department to try and work the police department to not be able to figure out who he is. Bay Harbor Butcher season two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So watching the ice truck killer sure fine season two not really believable at all and then having a da that just goes off on a killing spree because he feels like he doesn't have any consequences yeah i hate that season Season four (laughs) really changes the pace you do hear people who kill for a long time like golden state killer and he did it for so long plus i mean i guess he was police but still like well not long enough if that makes sense. He got discharged pretty early on in his career for stealing supplies that he used to perpetuate the rapes. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, so yeah, season four kicks off like the more realistic part of this. And I, spoiler, we're going to lose the realism uh, with season mm-hmm. six. Yeah. But at this point, I feel like we're more invested in the show. Season five is really good. I'm enjoying watching it. And I think content wise, I like this season more than I like season four four okay yeah season four is the one that stands out to me the most i think gotcha and see i love julia styles so this one's always stood out and then also i remembered while watching this an episode like close to the end like i think episode 11 or 12 Mm -hmm. was the first episode of dexter i had ever saw (laughs) and i started watching it well my mom had told me about it but then i actually started watching this part because julia styles was in it and i love 10 things i hate about you Mm -hmm. so yeah I like Deb's arc in this. She's kind of let go of her dad, like always doing the right thing, but she's doing the right thing even if it doesn't always align with the law. Yeah. Which I don't know how to explain that, but we'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. So episode seven, Circle Us. So the episode opens, you see that Lumen is living in Dexter's house and she's going over the description of two of the other men in the group and she describes them as watch guy and suit guy. Watch guy wore a watch and said in her ear, tick, 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 that's the sound of your life running out. And suit guy wore a suit and he always took his jacket off and very neatly folded it and he would take her blindfold off. So that's why she doesn't know why most of these guys look like she was blindfolded for the most Uh of it and she tells dexter she wants to be a part of these murders too she doesn't want to just sit back and let dexter take care of it for her she feels in order for her to heal and like move forward with this she needs to be a part of it Uh 
Mm-hmm. Cut to who we're cleverly told is suit guy, drives up to that pond with all the barrels. He gets out, takes his coat off and neatly folds it and puts it on the passenger seat. There are a bunch of men in the back of the truck that he has paid to get these barrels out of the pond. I'm assuming because they know the jig is up and they're trying to cover their tracks, which of course leave it to a white man to uh, hire immigrants to do their dirty work. Um, Immigrants, they get the job done. Hey! (laughs) But yeah, so they load everything into the back of the truck and he leaves with the barrels, but he turns out in front of another vehicle who we later learn was a drunk driver and gets T-boned, sending the barrels flying. Yeah, he uh, leaves his truck behind and leaves this crime scene. And the next morning, you see Deborah get the call to respond to it. She says that she's homicide. She doesn't work traffic. And she gets more information. You see her leave. And is she in Joey's apartment during this? Yeah. yeah. And she, they, no one knows that they're dating, I guess. Uh, Joey goes, why didn't you say that I was here or that I would come with mm-hmm. you? And she's like, because you're not coming with me. You're going to get the call and show up later. Yeah. She likes Joey, but it's a little apparent at this point that he's more invested in her than she is with him. Yeah. I think this is when he mentions that they could get a place together instead of her just staying in his apartment. And mm-hmm, she just mm-hmm. kind of shakes it off. Yeah. So yeah, they get to the crime scene. You see that the driver, like I said, has fled the scene, but he left the truck and the barrels behind. And at this point, they have emptied the barrels onto the road. And mm-hmm. there are five barrels at this point. Yeah, and the bodies are just laying out on the street. Yeah, I don't like, know how realistic that was. but I don't know. And you never know. They might have had to pull them out to like see what was going on. But it was disgusting. Whenever Joey walks up to the crime scene, he's like, what the fuck is this goo? And like sticks his shoe in it and like rubs it around. And Dexter's like, yeah, that's congealed bodily fluids due to the formaldehyde because it's only exterior. So it liquefied their internal organs. And then Joey's like wiping his shoe off like, oh, God. (laughs) And You know, I was thinking about this. Like you said, they're all laid out in the street. There was plenty of grass on both sides. I feel like they would have laid a tarp out and moved the crime scene over to the tarp and the grass because now they're just stopping traffic but also it's florida that pavement's hot as fuck yeah i didn't even yep Mm -hmm. they definitely would have moved those (laughs) over okay yeah because like it would be burning evidence probably so yeah you see uh masuka going through the truck there's nothing really of note in it except for this jacket that's folded up and Mm -hmm. dexter asks you know did you fold this or did you find it masuka said he only bagged it it was folded that way when he found it the only interesting thing that they find about the truck is that it is registered to jordan chase i loved deborah's fucking reaction whenever masuka tells her this shit a brick So yeah, you see them back at the station and Joey brings up again about them moving in together and it shakes Deborah up. She doesn't like discussing her personal life at work. She despises it. And I respect that. Joey and Deborah are brought into LaGuardia's office to discuss assignments for another attempt at a Club Mayan sting. This time they're going to use Yasmin as a criminal informant, kind of. As bait. Yeah, as bait. And the plan is that she's going to be waiting for them. And when she sees them outside, the police are wanting to get the Fuente brothers outside of the club, not inside. Yeah, because, I mean, they cut people's heads off. So there's a good chance... Someone might get hurt. Yeah. So yeah, Jordan Chase and Cole Harmon, who is his head of security, come into Miami Metro after Joey has been trying to get a hold of them because of this truck situation. They just don't return his call and waltz in and they immediately offer their full cooperation. They get fingerprinted and give over hair samples and everything in the truck matches whole. The steering wheel was quickly wiped down though, but there were fingerprints and hair everywhere else. Yeah. They say that the truck was stolen and Angel kind of 
counters this with but the keys were left in the ignition and cole's like well mm-hmm. anyone who's been in the building would know where i left the keys you know the keys were also missing which is convenient because he didn't report the keys were missing until well he was told that keys were in the truck also i whenever i pictured their office where it's like oh anyone who came in would know where i hung those i pictured like maybe a small office no they have like a fucking skyscraper so how the fuck would someone find those damn keys yeah, no. It's he not, makes it sound it's like it's like happen. a little U-Haul building. You know, like what I'm talking about? Like a yeah. little square yeah. squatty building where you walk in and there's a wall of keys. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Then Dexter and Lumen go to Boyd's house to remove any trace that she was ever there since they're planning on carrying out these other murders. And also the cops will probably find his house or go into his house at some point. So got to clean all that shit up because she left blood and fingerprints every fucking where. All that good stuff. As well as just her being held Mm -hmm. there for so long. Dexter decides to take Boyd's wallet, which he had hid in the house, just for safekeeping, under the seat of Cole's truck to redirect the police's attention. And it worked. Masuka goes and does a second sweep through the truck and finds Boyd's wallet under the seat and says, oh shit, you know, how the fuck did this get here? I bet this is the guy that stole it. When Jordan and Cole came into the police department the first time, when they were giving Mm -hmm. over their DNA and stuff, Vince or Masuka gets really excited to see Jordan and he takes a picture with Jordan. And while Dexter's taking the picture of Masuka and Jordan, he also sneaks a picture of Cole and he shows those to Lumen later. Lumen says she doesn't recognize Jordan, but that Cole is definitely suit guy. Yeah. Yeah, because he took the blindfold off, of Mm -hmm. course. So after they planted that evidence, that leads the police to go through Boyd's house. And that's where they find all of Jordan Chase's CDs and books and see that he is a huge fan of Mr. Chase, which leads them to bring Jordan and Cole back into the police department. Cole clarifies that Boyd was a stalker that he dealt with often and Chase acts like this is like some news to him. Cole says that Boyd would have definitely seen like where the keys were so he totally could have taken it and he was in and out enough to where he'd be very familiar with the office. Angel says that Jordan should be careful if he is an insane stalker. They have a warrant out for his arrest. It might agitate him or send him to stalk him worse. After they leave the police office, Jordan is talking to Cole and he says, you finally did something right and pointed the cops towards Boyd. But Cole clarifies it was not him who pointed the cops to Boyd. So they're just kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. So you see Stan show up at Joey's apartment and he's demanding more money for his what he's doing for Joey looking into Dexter. Joey is reluctant. He said that he had just paid him $500 and... Joey just eventually gives him another $500 and tells him to leave. Yeah. He's kind of calling it off at this point. Yeah. He's starting to want to back out. Yeah. Yeah. Lumen and Dexter sit outside of Cole's house and Dexter tells Lumen to stay in the car as he goes to break in. So they're going to go ahead and vet Cole and see what's going on. Dexter tells Lumen that she can't go in with him. She needs to stay outside and play lookout and she's fucking pissed yeah she pouts. (laughs) So it cuts over to the Miami Metro team and you see Deborah and Batista in the surveillance van with Yasmin. They're getting her wired mm-hmm. before they send her into the club. They're explaining how her earpiece works and then they test everything is good. The whole team can hear everybody. Deborah tells her that she doesn't need to worry, that she's going to be totally fine. Nothing bad is going to happen, which is how you know something bad is totally going to happen. Also, Maria's involved. <sighs> so they send Yasmin into the club. Her job is to just wait and tell the police when the Fuente brothers are outside. Except Mm -hmm. when she comes in, she spots that the Fuente brothers are already inside. And this throws the police Mm -hmm. off because no one saw them enter. And she mentions that she's heard a rumor of a private 
entrance from the club that's next door. Maria tells Yasmin to go sit with the brothers. Mm -hmm. This makes Deborah nervous, but Maria orders it. So mm -hmm. she goes and sits with the brothers. And then one of the brothers, I think it was Carlos, notices yeah. Sarah Manzon and calls her over. And Maria again orders her to go join them. Carlos starts rubbing her leg and detects a thigh holster. This prompts the brothers to pull out guns. They shoot Yasmin in the mm -hmm. back and they start shooting other people in the club. I think some of the police fired back. And Carlos pulls another hostage in front of Deborah, But this time, mm -hmm. instead of hesitating, she shoots him square in the forehead. Which um, I just want to clarify whenever Sarah was like, what do I do when he's calling her over? Deborah said, do not yeah. like blow him off. Do not engage. And then Maria forced her to go over. Mm -hmm. That's what ended up getting Yasmin killed. So fuck Maria. As soon as like she shoots him and the hostage runs away, Joey books it to Deborah's side and is like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Like what's going on? Because I think like you said, this was her first kill. Maybe. I think this is her first Please kill. Because I think that's part of what happens with the rest of the thing of her not feeling it. Yeah. Dexter is snooping around Cole's house while all of this crazy shit is going down. And he finds a picture of Cole with four other teenagers from when they were kids. But while he's going through Cole's shit, Cole sneaks up behind him and starts attacking him. While he has Dexter in a chokehold, Lumen crashes through a window and beats the fuck out of Cole with a flashlight until he lets go of Dexter and then they book it. Yeah. LaGuerta and Angel back at the police department and Matthews is there mm -hmm. chewing them out and he's pissed that Yasmin and one other person has died. Orders a report on his desk by 8 a.m. the next morning and Angel tries to comfort Maria and says, you know, every cop makes mistakes, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Maria says that if there were mistakes made, none of them were by her. Which is fucking bullshit. Like this is, they try to redeem her slightly and then they do this <laughs> and then they do this until you just hate her i cannot stand her yeah and you you see her walk off after serving this line and angel just stands there kind of stunned by this there's a quote here yeah. if you want to put that in frank look where to be in a cunt i don't know why we're surprised lacanta lacanta being lacanta that's crazy Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank. The episode ends with Dexter relieving Sonia for the night and him bringing Harrison to the house the next morning to meet Lumen. Lumen and Harrison are immediately charmed with one another. Yeah, they fucking love each other and it is cute as fuck. He mentions like one of the first times he's seen how happy she is. Like it's a good distraction mm -hmm. and she seems more human, if that makes sense. Yeah. And Dexter says the quote, sometimes partners find us. Super fucking cute. Love it. Episode eight. Take it. With an exclamation point. The episode opens with Jordan Chase on stage and he's talking about being born primal and like fighting and some alpha male fucking bullshit spewing and the crowd is going crazy and there's pictures of lions eating tigers or some shit. I don't know. It's fucking bullshit. Go get an actual psychology degree before you tell people what to do with their lives fuck off but yeah and dexter is actually sitting and watching him in the audience to get a better idea because this guy just doesn't feel right dexter knows that from the beginning like when he first met him yeah. doesn't feel right on the flip side laguerta's going into work and she's getting railed by the press she makes up an excuse of there's an investigation going on right now to get away from them and sierra and deborah are all watching it on the tv and sierra's like oh i'm the one who's gonna get fucked and deborah's like you know i'm not gonna let that happen the truth will come out whatever but she's she's tiffed about it yeah. On this note, Dara talks to Angel because he is her superior and also Maria's husband, but 
mostly superior is the reason she's talking to him. I mean, he's said that, you know, I'm having to go over the series of events in my brain. And Deborah's pissed about that because, I mean, LaGuerta clearly cut is the one that fucked. Mm -hmm. uh, there should be no rethink the events. And she goes off in a huff to Angel, just like, I can't believe Pretty it. Pretty sure Angel's going to back Maria's version of the story. Yeah. Which, I mean, I would fucking hurt by that too. Yeah. Personally. While in a break at the seminar, Dexter calls Lumen and Lumen tells him that she's doing research and she still can't find any connection between the guys in the picture. The only thing she has found so far is that Cole was dishonorably discharged from the Marines and he was the one that beat her mm -hmm. while she was being held. And Dexter gets off the phone because he sees Cole approaching him. Mm -hmm. And Dexter is told that Jordan spotted him in the crowd and wants to talk to him. And Cole will be bringing him to his suite right now. Dexter gets up there and Jordan's kind of creepy and tells him that yeah. he knows who he is. He read all about the Trinity case, was almost obsessed with it, talks to him about Rita's death and tells him about Harrison and gives him a gift bag. And one of the things in the gift bag is a onesie for him. And it's just... It's a born primal or some dumb yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. He just kind of like cross the line between what I feel like is socially acceptable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you pull a guy up to your fucking suite and start talking about his dead wife and then at the end be like, oh, there's something for your son in there and I know his fucking name, Harrison. Yeah, tells Dexter he would like to work with him because he is going to be launching a new series about loss. Something about primal instincts and loss or something. I don't remember. I, I didn't commit it to memory because it's bullshit. But yeah. tells Dexter yeah. he wants him to book a private meeting with him. Yeah. Deborah finds out that LaGuerta is trying to send Sierra down the river. So Deb busts into her fucking office and is like, you cannot do this. This is not fair. It was not her fault. LaGuerta says, well, you know, every scandal needs a face and her career will take the least hit because she's just starting out. Deborah's like, well, what the fuck is wrong with your face? Yeah. Because <laughs> she is the one that fucked up. And Deborah says, you know, fine, use my face. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, this was my operation, my case. So if you're going to sell anybody yeah. else, sell me out. Maria doesn't confirm that then, but we find out later that she decided to do so. Yeah. Such a piece of shit. Yeah. Such a piece of shit. You see Lumen get a phone call from her ex-fiance saying that he's in Miami and he wants to see her. Ugh. Neither of us noted his name. I definitely didn't, but uh, insert standard name here. He says that he's missed her all this time that she's been gone. He, he never called or texted her, but he's in town, wants to see her at this cafe that's across the street from the hotel that he's staying in. They agree to meet the next day at like noon. Mm -hmm. Right after she gets off the phone, Dexter comes in and says, we're doing the kill tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to go shopping. Meet me at noon. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, uh, one would work better because she doesn't want to tell Dexter that she's meeting her ex-fiance. Yeah. She was told not to leave the house. So. Yeah. So she makes up the excuse that it would give her more time to shop for the supplies and then meet him at the hotel at one. Yeah. <laughs> Are you good? His name is Owen. <laughs> oh, fuck him. He looks like a fucking Owen. Yeah. The reason I laugh is because there's this dog I'm obsessed with on Instagram. His name is <laughs> Owen. And I'm like. That man was not an Owen because Owen's really cute. Dogs can change names, dude. I swear. Deborah tells Dexter she is surprised she doesn't feel any emotion for killing a person. And Dexter tries to comfort her in saying that some people don't deserve to live. Yeah. Yeah. And she counters that with not everyone deserves to die. Like Rita. That mm -hmm. kind of thing. So. so yeah, it's the next day Lubin's meeting with Owen, her ex-fiance, and... 
Ugh. He has bought two non-refundable tickets, ballsy, for some like around the world trip or something and says he's going with or without her, but would really prefer if she went with him and she says she can't. Can you imagine the fucking caucasity of this man showing up after the woman left him standing at the altar and has not tried to contact her since and then showing up all of a sudden, she agrees to meet him and he's like... Go away with me around the world. I, I know you can't see me. I'm squinting. <laughs> and I'm shaking my head with my eyes closed. Mm, yes, yes. Fuck that guy. He's such a piece of shit. And then he like huffs off too after she says she can't. Like not even like a, I understand. You know, I'm here if you need me. He says he doesn't need her to answer him now, but to meet him the next night at the same place. And if she doesn't show up, he he takes that as his answer. I'm like, you should have taken, like you said. I can't. Well, he should have taken her leaving him at the altar as his answer. Like, here's your sign. It would have been different if he was like, you know, I don't know what happened between us, but I'm here for you. You know, if he really gave a fuck about her, that would have been his stance, not forcing her into situations, which I wonder how much that happened in the relationship prior. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. There's a reason she left. And she talks about that at some point about being suffocated, but... So cut back to Deborah. She is sitting watching the TV at Joey's and she's watching LaGuerta actively send her down the river and say that Deborah Morgan was the reason for the shooting or mm -hmm. whatever the fuck. And she takes and rears back the remote. She's about to yeet it into the TV and Joey's like, not the plasma, not the plasma. <laughs> How do you age a show? Like you say like, this is when we did it. No joke. Um, and she tells him that she's not going to fucking take it lying down. And he said, hell no, we're going to like get you back in. Cut to Lumen, I think backing out of the hardware store. Sure. She backs into fucking Liddy. And Liddy does this whole spiel about how like, I hope you got insurance or I'm calling the police and like blah, blah, blah. And she's like, can I just give you cash? And no, we're going to do this shit on the up and up and like all kinds of boomer shit. And so she finally is like, yeah, I have insurance. Here's my insurance card. Here's my information. And that's how he gets information on mm -hmm. her and finds out who she is. After this. I'm sorry. What vehicle was she in when she hit him? I guess hers. I didn't know she had one. No, exactly. She, she does. She shouldn't have a vehicle. Yeah. Well, okay, she got to Miami somehow, I guess. I assume she would have flown. From Minnesota? Minnesota? I assume she would have flown. Maybe she decided to road trip it because she was depressed. Ew, she's driving a, like a little, that might be a Toyota. I don't know. Whatever. It, she backs into him. He's an asshole about it. He gets her information. So then Dexter and Lumen are prepping the kill room for Cole. She mentions that she backed into someone and had an accident and she had to give them her information but it was all good liddy also when he was pulling his shit nanigans looked in the back of her car and saw that there was tarps and plastic and other shit back there so after laguerta throws deborah under the bus she you know goes into the station and storms into laguerta's office and is giving her a piece of her mind about her being thrown under the bus mm -hmm. and is convinced at this point that batista backed laguerta's version of events and said mm -hmm. that she was really happy for them when she you know learned that they were married um not only for batista but, but for her because she thought marrying batista would make maria a nicer person <laughs> Which, oh my god, that's savage. That's why she got pushed <laughs> to the file room. <laughs> True. But yeah, and Maria's just being a cunt and talking about how, but I'm giving you paid leave. Yeah. Well, fuck you. 
You're saying that she's responsible for two people's deaths that are on your head. Pfft, man, I don't know about you, but I'd have been pretty psyched to shoot her in the fucking face two seasons from now. Lumen and Dexter are in the hotel room and they just finished. As they are finishing prepping the room, Lumen tells Dexter she knows that he would still be there um, in this room, even if she wasn't there. And at some point uh-huh. they hear Cole come into the room that's next door with a woman and they hear her start screaming. And so Dexter picks the lock, the adjoining room door, and uh-huh. Cole isn't hurting anybody, but he's having sex with a screamer and uh-huh. uh, t- tiptoes out of there because... <laughs> witnesses when he gets back into his room he sees that lumen is squatting down on the floor crying as she's covering her ears and he squats down in front of her and he covers over her hands as well to help muffle out the Mm -hmm. sound yeah it's so sad that broke my heart yeah then it kind of like cuts to the next morning and you see lumen waking up and she you know is Mm -hmm. amazed that she actually got some sleep it's mentioned at some point in this episode kind of as an offhand joke that she's only sleeping for about 15 minutes a night. So she's surprised yeah. that she's gotten some sleep. And she asks Dexter if he killed Cole without her or like what happened. And he said the screamer spent the night. So they'll have to get him, I think, today. Yeah, at the service elevator. Like they have to get him before they leave town or something. I, this came back around as a thought. So sorry that this is kind of jumping back and forth to Liddy, but I, am I the only one that noticed that Stan kind of looks like an older, shittier version of Quinn when they're standing side by side? Because they're both like about the same height. They're both tan as fuck, blue eyes, and a weird ass accent. Like, <laughs> See, I didn't put it together, but after you said it, like I could see what you were getting at. Yeah, and especially since like Quinn was being accused of being on the take or like a dirty cop and then Liddy is a dirty cop. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting to me, but... So during the seminar, Dexter sees Cole leaving the room and he's Mm -hmm. like, well, this is my opportunity. I have to follow him out, try and get him onto the service elevator and bring him out to the room. And as he's on his like way trying to sneak out of the room, Jordan sees him and calls him up on stage and has Dexter like tell the room full of strangers about detail of Rita's murder and right. Lumen who, who is supposed to be leaving the hotel hears Dexter so she walks over to one of the TVs in the lobby and watches as Dexter goes into this story Cole is walking through the lobby and he sees Lumen Mm-hmm. Lumen starts running. She calls Dexter while Dexter's still on stage, but uh, she runs. She makes it, makes it back to their hotel room. You see her freaking out. She's, I think, kind of crying or hyperventilating. She's definitely like out of yeah. breath and like panting because she's panicked. Mm-hmm. While Dexter's on stage, she sees that Lumen's calling and he literally just fucking leaves the stage. Before he can get to the room, Cole comes through that adjoining door. I think he like broke it down. Yeah, no, he busted that fucker Yeah, out. and he's trying to choke her. You know, it gets kind of like close for a second and then De- Dexter comes in. Mm-hmm. I think chokes him out with some of the plastic wrap, right? Or just his bare fucking hands. So they kill Cole. Dexter explains to Lumen that he's been killing for a long time. And then Rita died and none of it made sense. But now it's starting to again now that he has a purpose to his killing. Because we even talked about that in the last episode where he randomly killed that guy in mm-hmm. that Jimbo's or whatever. Because the guy was running his <laughs> mouth. And, yeah. you know, Dexter killed Boyd without really knowing what Boyd was up to. He was just kind of killing to kill. It was mm-hmm. empty. But now that there's a point to these murders, it's starting to make sense for him again. I think in his inner monologue, you hear him talking about how Harry couldn't really handle the truth. Miguel couldn't handle the full truth. And now he's kind of curious if Lumen can handle him. Yeah. 
cut back to Deborah and Batista. Batista tells Deborah that he backed her story 110% and also that he would not stop until she was reinstated back to her position because Maria has sent her off on paid leave at the moment and that she was like his little sister, only he actually likes Deborah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to meet his actual little sister. Yeah, same. As Dexter is leaving the hotel, they have loaded Cole's body into bags, which Dexter is wheeling out as luggage and waiting for the valet to bring his car around. And Chase approaches him. Jordan asks why he's leaving so early. Normally, people wait till the seminar is over to actually leave. And Dexter says that he has to hop because his time with his nanny is almost over. So he has to go back to his son. He had seen Jordan talking with some other members of security. Dexter asks what happened and he's like, oh, just internal security issue. You know, whatever. We'll get it straightened out. Talking about the fact that Cole is now just fucking missing off the face of the earth. Yeah. And as Chase is leaving, I think he mentioned something else to Dexter about having a one-on-one meeting. And he said, tick, tick, tick. That's the sound of your life running out. That's what I tell my clients. Yeah, he said something about you need to like grab your future or something. Fucking take it. Yeah, I don't. Some bullshit. Yeah. Fucking rapey sounding dumb shit yeah the episode ends with dexter and lumen tossing out cole's body off the side of the boat and you see stan Mm -hmm. getting pictures of it all what a piece of dick yeah fuck that guy so episode nine teenage wasteland the episode opens with dexter running on a treadmill next to jordan chase in a private meeting in his office this man is sick (laughs) i feel like we say that like every 10 minutes we see them put michael c hall through something we're like the man is sick He's got cancer. Leave him alone. <laughs> so after the meeting, they're in this like shower, bathroom, locker room area. And Jordan's in the This sh- is not as sexy as you think it's going to be. No, not at all. <laughs> well, there was a moment where he was in his boxers. I definitely took notice, but. <gasps> yeah. Sorry. Leg lady. Yeah. So Dexter's getting dressed outside of a locker and you see Jordan like go into a shower. He's like coming out of the shower like drying off his hair and he opens his locker and dexter spots a vial of blood hanging from jordan's locker door and he's like that's fucking weird as shit but okay (laughs) and jordan tells dexter to schedule another meeting with my secretary on your way out you know definitely need to see you again blah 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 and when dexter goes up to the secretary's desk he says something like fact that she's new or he hasn't seen her there before and she says she's only been there a couple weeks and he also mentions to her that he's noticed an increase in security you know she brushes it off dexter's on the phone with lumen and he's telling her about this blood that he's found and that he wants to take some of it and do some investigation on it and she's like oh i love that you can do that and blah 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 But while she's on the phone, she hears someone like jiggling a doorknob and she hears Mm -hmm. another door of the house, like the locks being picked or something. And I think the lock actually opens on the front door and she's panicked that someone's coming into the house. And Dexter tells her to go run and and hide in the bathroom, leave her phone down on the counter so he can hear everything and he's on his way. And it ends up that Aster and a friend named Olivia have come all the way from Orlando and they are drunk. As fuck. Yeah. Um, Dexter gets really upset that Aster's drunk. He says, you know, you're only 12. And Olivia goes, you told me you were 14. (laughs) Yeah. So you just got drunk kid drama. Yeah. And it was pretty funny whenever they walked in, Lumen actually had had a knife standing in the bathroom. And whenever they walked in and turned the light on in the bathroom, Lumen goes, ah, and they go, ah. And then she's like, who the fuck are you? And then Aster's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. (laughs) Like, why are you in my house? And then... 
when they're all together, Dexter explains that Lumen is his tenant and Aster's like, nah, she your fuck buddy. And he's like, we're not fucking. She's my tenant. Yeah. And Aster has a lot of adult language in this. And yeah. like uh, she keeps conveniently forgetting that Dexter's her stepfather. And he finally is like, you can't talk to me like this, <laughs> kid. Yeah, no joke. And especially being 12. But yeah. Aster ends up getting sick. Lumen's like, we need to talk about this in the morning. I'm going to put him to bed. And Dexter's like, fine, whatever. Ugh. Yeah. Dexter isn't equipped to handle teenage girls. Especially drunken teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Deborah ends up having a meeting with her union rep. And her union rep puts her on file duty while the investigation is pending. Before she goes to the file room, Joey tells her that he loves her. And he hasn't said this before. And she doesn't reciprocate. She's just kind of like taken aback. And he's like, fuck fuck why did i say that yeah he's um. <laughs> i think she finally just says like you're gonna say that to me today like before yeah. right like right now yeah yeah and just adding more pressure mm-hmm. i think right right after this stan looney ends up coming in and like threatening joey and breaking his coffee pot because he's a fucking asshole because joey doesn't want to pay him anymore and stan tells him that he has pictures of lumen and dexter and quinn just doesn't give a fuck at this point and so liddy breaks his coffee pot is like a threat yeah i think he leaves pictures of lumen and dexter yeah behind at joey's apartment yeah like what a fuck that guy is such an asshole dexter goes to another session with jordan you see them in this locker room again and you see jordan go into the shower this is when dexter's in his boxers dexter quietly opens jordan's locker and sticks a needle in and gets the tiniest little bit of blood out of this vial to evaluate it but he accidentally leaves a drop of blood behind from when he was removing the needle and jordan does detect the blood is out Mm -hmm. and he is super sus and he tells dexter to make another appointment but dexter doesn't yeah so Cut back to the department in the file room. You see Deborah with the woman that works down there who we could never remember her name. Uh, and Deborah keeps trying to read files. And the other lady's like, no, you're not here to read. You're here to file. We get paid to file. <laughs> Deborah's like, well, I'm almost done reading this one. Like, this is the bear girls thing. Let me just finish. Like, hold on just a minute. And she realizes it had to be more than one perp because uh-huh. the DNA from the girls have brought back more than one person. Yeah. So it's not just Boyd, but the case has been closed. Yeah. I think she brings it to Batista and Masuka. Yeah, and she tells them that she can't tell Maria because Maria hates her. So someone and else. And she's has on to bring file duty. Yeah, and yeah. Masuka said he can because he doesn't want his balls in a vice. I said that Batista's married to her, so Batista's balls are already in a vice. So yeah, 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 exactly. So he he volunteers to bring it to her attention. Dexter gets a call from Lumen, panicking that Aster and Olivia are missing and they left their cell phones behind. She stepped out to get some Advil for their headache and then all of a sudden they were just fucking gone and like i said left their phones what teenage girl leaves their phone ones that don't want to be tracked he called the police to file a missing persons report yeah the neighbor elliot the fuckhead says that he saw a white van leave leaving the scene and he didn't really pay much attention except for he grabbed like the first two or three numbers of the license plate and dexter's like what the fuck yeah he said you know if you if you didn't notice it why are you reading the license plate nelly it's like oh just habit from the uh, neighborhood watch i'm like fucking convenient Fuck you, Elliot. Fuck you, Elliot. So the girls are end up being found at Bayside Shopping Center. They've been held for shoplifting. Police find the van at the gas station. It's a white windowless panel van matching the, the partial license plate. Yeah, and they got him on the ground. Come to find out, it's 
Olivia's stepdad. He shows up at the mall and says that he's taking Olivia home. Olivia says, no. And Dexter's like, well, all their stuff is at my house. So let's go round everything up and then I'll meet you at this diner. You've got to get your van out of impound anyway. Olivia is insistent that she does not want to go home with him. After Dexter and Deborah bring the girls back to the house, that leads to Deborah meeting Lumen. And Lumen is like, kind of taken aback and Deborah's taken aback and so Deborah said I didn't know you had a tenant and then Lumen says I didn't know you had a sister <laughs> and it's just really weird and Aster alludes to them being a couple mm -hmm. and Lumen is even like I'm not with him like we're not together <laughs> at breakfast that morning before Dexter left to go to work Harrison drops a toy and when Lumen picks it up to give it to him he says mama and Aster like leans in is like this isn't your mama your mom's dead I'm like Jesus, yeah. calm down. And Lumen is like a deer in the fucking headlights. Yeah, there's no reason this kid should be calling her mom. And he's not calling her mama, but we'll come back to that later. But even if he did, she looks like his mom. So like, he she's wouldn't... blonde. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's about to be a year old. So like, yeah, yeah. Calm down. He probably calls a toaster mama for all we know. Fuck. Yeah. But yeah, Deborah gets testy just because there's a woman in Dexter's house. And... But he's not, she's not super rude about it though. No, but you can tell she's definitely like, Mm, that's kind of weird isn't right yeah yeah dexter sits in the living room with aster trying to get her to talk to him and they just sit and play the silent game for a while <laughs> and lumen's in another room with olivia and olivia's i think changing or she like takes off a sweatshirt and her mm -hmm. undershirt comes up and lumen sees all of these bruises on olivia's abdomen mm -hmm. lumen sits down next to her and says tell me what's going on i see the bruises and olivia's like i don't know what you're talking about you know you don't know what you're talking about and lumen goes no actually i do and Lumen comes out and talks to Dexter and says, you know, we have a problem. Olivia's covered in bruises. Mm -hmm. Then she goes back to go sit with Olivia and Aster tells Dexter everything that Olivia's mom's boyfriend, Barry, is hitting her only in places where bruises won't show. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know what else to do, which is why they came back to Miami. And Dexter's like, no, you know, you knew exactly what to do. You came home mm -hmm. and that he'll take care of Barry. And that Aster was just trying to keep Olivia safe. Angel ends up telling Deborah that Maria won't open the Barrel Girl case, and Deborah is like not having it. She just busts into Maria's fucking office and jumps down her throat about it. Maria agrees to go ahead and reopen the case. Deborah had used her forcing quote unquote Joey to take time off, which is not what exactly happened. And Maria tells her that no, she put Joey on unpaid leave to protect Dexter, but doesn't elaborate on it and just says, maybe you should talk to Joey about it. Like just stir in some more shit mm. because that's what maria does best and there is a quote can you go and cut that in you know what i want to do right now hmm. i want to wait till like where to leaves her office i want to come back in there and i want to take a big steaming hot shit right in the middle of her desk let her find it the next fucking day maybe she'll wear an outfit to match it and then i want to put files kind of on top of it so when she puts weight on it, it smears Thanks. I'm sorry, everyone, that you just heard me say that, but it's true. <laughs> Deborah pulls Joey into the interrogation room and she asks why he was suspended and she wants him to be honest with her. He ends up telling the truth and that it was because he was investigating Dexter for Rita's murder. He thought that he had a connection to Kyle Butler mm -hmm. and Deborah is just fucking furious with him. He wasn't entirely wrong, but he was also being a fuckhead. So there is that. Dexter ends up, after he finds out about Olivia, he meets up with Barry at this place they're supposed to be Ron viewing at but he doesn't have the girls in the car and he's like i 
just want to talk to you like man to man, like dad to dad, and like lures him behind this building. Like, I don't know how you handle these teenage girls. They're such bitches. Like, they're such a pain in my ass. Barry says, well, you just got to show them who's boss, you know? And so Dexter ends up just fucking punching him right in the solaplex, I think. And just beating the shit in the kidney. The liver. Yeah, he just fucking describes it every time he is hitting this man and rendering him like fucking immobile it is hilarious he tells him every place he's hitting them and he's like explaining all the sensations he's like and now this place i don't remember what it was but he's like this place sends you know sends you into utter like fear and you Uh see you see barry like like whimpering and he's like (laughs) terrified because like the brain is overwhelmed or something and fucking no he gives him a whole ass anatomy lesson (laughs) yeah he tells him to disappear he says that barry needs to call olivia's mother tell her you know something about how he's leaving her fat ass that way she doesn't want him back tell her you know that you're gone you're leaving don't even go get your things and if i hear even a whisper that you've been back this will be much worse next time yeah as he gets back into his vehicle to go back to i guess the house or work who the fuck knows with dexter yeah he sits there and dexter starts running off the mouth of tell me you're disappointed tell me that i should have done that tell me i'm bad blah 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 and harry's like no actually it's quite the opposite i'm extremely proud of you if i knew you know you put yourself out there for another human if Uh i knew you had the ability to do this maybe i wouldn't have put you down this path so i thought that was really interesting because you wondered about that so hard the first couple of seasons of yeah if Harry knew that Dexter could be different, would Harry have taught him to be like this? Yeah, exactly. Even though this isn't actual Harry, this is Dexter's subconscious. <laughs> For sure. Soothing itself, but... Which he's hallucinating. I don't know how healthy that is. Uh... <laughs> It was really good. Angel ends up thanking Maria for reopening the Barrel Girl case and she just like begs him to stop sleeping on the couch in the most pathetic manner. We see Maria as this untouchable cunt most of the time. And in this moment, she's so vulnerable and so upset. And she's just like, can you please stop sleeping on the couch? And he's like, we're a long way from the couch to the bedroom, Maria. You have fucked up. Deborah's still angry with Joey. Was there much more to elaborate on there? (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) The blood in the vial turns out to belong to Emily Birch. She lives in Boca Raton or some shit and she has a lot of DUIs and Dexter plans to find out more about her because she looks like Lumen. Stan shows up again and Joey tells him he's actually done. He's not looking into Dexter anymore. He thought he had something, but he was wrong. He tells him to fuck off. Stan tells him he's not, Mm -hmm. you know, that Joey got him started on all this and he's going to use this to get his job back at the police department because he was in narcotics or something fuck yeah yeah and he's the uh, one that maria busted yeah he's gonna use this to make the biggest bust of his career he really thinks he has something this is when he tells joey i'm gonna need backup and i'm gonna call you and you're gonna fucking show up yeah sure i don't remember it's a lot of bullshit it doesn't matter fuck stan lady it doesn't matter he's dead in like an episode stan's about to be dead so fuck it the episode ends with lumen sitting at the house and she answers the phone thinking it's dexter and he says like dexter and it's jordan chase on the phone he's like no i'm looking to speak with dexter is he there and lumen can barely get through this phone call and she's like mm-hmm. no and he says can he take a message she says sure jordan's following up to see why dexter didn't make the appointment and really wants him to make another appointment and says you know tell him tick 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 that's the sound of his life running out he needs to make this appointment and as he gets off the phone he says bye lumen and you realize he knows fully 100 percent dexter and lumen are working together so tense so well done because you don't know if he knows until the very end frank go ahead and clip in my quote it's at the end of the episode. Girl, you don't check caller ID. What the fuck? This is why caller ID was invented. 
Thanks. We'll be right back after a quick break. So moving on to episode 10, In the Beginning. The episode opens with Dexter shipping Harrison off to Orlando with Sonia uh, under the guise of visiting his sister. Because whenever Dexter took Aster and Olivia to drop off, Aster said that one, she missed Harrison and two, she missed Dexter. So he sent Harrison up there to see Cody and Aster and all of them and visit for a little bit for like, I think Harrison's birthday. Doesn't matter. And Dexter ends up moving Lumen into the apartment and they resume plotting the murder and trying to track down the rest of these guys. So the reason he does this is because he knows that Chase is onto them and he knows obviously if he has his phone number, he knows where he lives. Lumen and Harrison were in danger. Stan sees this and starts plotting to set up surveillance at Dexter's apartment because he's a fucking piece of dog shit. Deborah gets reinstated because of the Barrel Girls case and finding that it needed to be reopened. LaGuerta starts issuing a plan to bring in Cole Harmon because his DNA matched that on the girls. Deb and Quinn end up going to Jordan's office. Deborah is pissed and like fucking just goes in guns a-blazing whenever she finds out that Cole quit, quote unquote, and Jordan didn't report it, didn't think it was fucking weird. Jordan just says that he left to go clear his head. Dexter and Lumen go visit Emily Birch and she's basically no help whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I don't even remember what the visit was. I just remember she was absolutely no help. She's kind of yeah. like off the wall. I don't even mm -hmm. think she lets him in the house, right? Didn't no. she shut him off at the door? Yeah, once Lumen pulls out the picture of the, all of the kids, she like mm -hmm. just panics and shuts the door. Yeah. And Lumen says, you know, she wanted to tell us something. Mm -hmm. Dexter ends up getting a call and he, after he drops Lumen off at the apartment, he meets up with the homicide team at a warrant search at Cole's house. Mm -hmm. Deborah ends up spotting blood within Cole's house, mm -hmm. like down on the baseboard, yeah. and has Dexter take a sample of the blood to figure out whose it is, if it's Cole's or someone else, because this whole thing is sitting weird with her because... Because Cole has basically vanished, but his car is still at his house. You don't yeah. walk to restart your life, you know. Also, Dexter notes that this is the blood is Cole's and it's from where Lumen bludgeoned him. Yeah. So while they're in the house, Joey finds 13 DVDs of Ugh. the Barrel Girl victims and what's being done to them. The DVDs are numbered. There's no more information on the girls besides these numberings. Dexter manages to take Lumen's DVD from the evidence when they get back to the station. He replaces it with a blank disc that he scratches through with his keys. Mm -hmm. He gives Lumen her disc. Lumen says to Dexter that he's been her only way through this and Dexter says that they met at the right time because obviously doing all this is helping him get through the Rita thing. Yeah. And that night while Dexter like is sleeping or going to sleep he overhears Lumen watching her DVD and at this moment I came to the conclusion I, I realized Lumen is unlucky number 13 of the victims she was their undoing Mm. She was their undoing, so unlucky to them, but also unlucky to her because she has to live with this trauma for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. They didn't even like get to do her the mercy of killing, killing her. her. Like I don't mean to say that as far as any victims that have went through this and you know moved on with their lives, but I'm just saying it was torture for her mm -hmm. moving through this season as it has progressed. Death will be a mercy. Camilla callback. Mm. The other yeah. girls at least don't have to live with the PTSD of this for the rest of their lives. You know, yeah. they're dead and it's over. Yeah, the, the hell is over, which by the end of this, yes, her hell is somewhat over. 
And she does find some peace, but still, it's fucked up. So after an all-nighter, Deborah starts connecting the dots that there must be a vigilante coming for the Barrel Girls gang because Dan the Dentist, Boyd, and Cole all knew each other and they've all died or disappeared. Yeah, and so she actually confides this to Dexter and Dexter's like, Oh, really? Lumen goes to see Emily again, and this time she's alone, not with a man. Maybe it would let her guard down. And as a fellow victim, she says, you know, I know what you went through. I went through it too. And Emily ends up letting her in. She explains that she knew the boys from camp. She was a counselor in training and reveals that Jordan's real name is Eugene Greer. She felt sorry for him. He was the fat kid, quote unquote. And she went on a walk with him and he drugged her. She woke up tied to a bunk bed. He never touched her, but he encouraged and riled up the other boys, the four other boys, to seize their desires and to take. And then the really fucked up part, take that group photo after the fact. Act, which is why Dexter didn't see Jordan Chase in that at the beginning because he had a full like body transformation. Mm-hmm. Emily ends up actually IDing the fifth member of the gang as Alex Tilden. Lumen gives his name to Dexter, but wants to be the one to actually kill him. You see that Deborah has received Cole's phone logs. They're going through the list to see, you know, who he's in contact with. One of the names on this list is a guy named Alex Tilden, which is the guy that Emily had literally just ID'd for Lumen. So Joey and Deborah meet with Alex. He's a banker. Mm-hmm. They're at his work and they're talking to him and he's really friendly and seems like he's forthcoming with all this information, but he doesn't know any of the gang. He says he doesn't know Dan the dentist because he doesn't have kids and obviously the only one he knows in the gang is Cole but he says oh we're we're in the same fantasy football league together I've yeah. been calling him a lot because he has a player I've been wanting all season as someone who just participated in fantasy football <laughs> for the first time we never made phone calls in fact we did everything over discord and there was no one I wanted to trade for or away enough that I would have been bothering somebody about it so like or I feel like you would text them like that yeah. isn't a call Deborah leaves a leaves a card with them and says, "Well, if anything else comes up, give me a call." Mm-hmm. You see Stan at Joey's desk, kind of like rifling mm-hmm. through his things, and Dexter sees him and like he was like talking to him, like, "What you doing there, bruh?" And Stan's like, "I know you, you're Harry's kid, right?" And Dexter's like, "Yeah." He says something about like, "Oh, police work," and he's like, "Nope, blood guy. My sister's the cop." Stan, really sexist, says, "Oh, usually it's the the boy who does the police work." What the fuck fuck off i think dexter gets a call or dexter has something to do so he's like all right gotta go bye and he leaves i think he gets a call from lumen maybe you see stan still rifling through joey's desk until he finds what he wants he wants joey's signature because he is going to be renting out surveillance equipment from the police department and signing them under joey's name since obviously stan doesn't work there anymore the woman should have seen him and like you don't work here anymore or checked his id like he's like look his his equipment his name's right there like are you fucking stupid lady jesus like this is the most insecure fucking police department I've ever seen. <laughs> this! He gets a wiretap and I think some cameras. Cut to Dexter and Lumen preparing to go into Alex's house to vet him out. Dexter ends up giving Lumen her own pair of gloves and it's so cute. And there's a quote. Frank, can you cut that in? I had them custom made to your hands while you were asleep. <laughs> Do they fit? Perfect like a glove. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It 
is so fucking cute. But anyways, <laughs> they are going in to rifle through Alex's house. They find jewelry or trophies. They recover Lumen's necklace, which was fucking horrendous, like some ugly ass four leaf clover from her grandparents. But she takes it because she says, this is mine. And she got it for her high school graduation. Dexter offers to put it on for her and it's very, very cute, but they know, yep, this is it. This is the guy. Yeah. So you see at Emily's house again, she's sitting with Jordan. She says, I told her everything. I told her about camp. I told her about Alex. Like I told her everything like you wanted me to. And he says, Mm -hmm. you know, she did a good job and he's proud of her. It's unsettling. And this is the point where like, if Jordan Chase didn't already give you the heebie-jeebies, like it's definitely kicking in now. It's like mind control. Emily starts to voice some kind of insecurity. Like, oh, you know, she is really pretty. And Mm -hmm. Jordan says, you know, relax. You're special to me. We have an unbreakable bond and just blah. It's disgusting. Yeah. Then you see Jordan show up at the police department with an attorney. The police request a DNA sample, which like you said, they already got fingerprints and stuff from him earlier, but whatever. Maybe they didn't get hair samples and we thought they did, or maybe they only got hair samples from Cole. Maybe, but I remember like Dexter taking like tweezers and going like, yeah, I don't know. His lawyer starts going off about how he doesn't have to give one and we're not Mm -hmm. doing this and blah, blah, blah. And George's like, nope, it's fine. I'll do it. And they're like, well, (laughs) Dexter's going to take care of you. And so he marches into Dexter's lab. Whenever they say Dexter's going to take care of you, it cuts to Dexter in the window. And basically (laughs) he gives him like a little like toodle hand, like a little finger wave. It's so funny. Oh my God. Should have blown him a kiss. That really fucked him up. So yeah, he marches into Dexter's lab. Jordan's trying to talk Dexter out of a situation with a toxic person. They never once mention Lumen's name. They only speak to her in this conversation as her or if you're Jordan, toxic person. Jordan's like, you know, you went through enough with your with your wife dying and Dexter's like, you know what? I'm happy you didn't touch any of these girls because it leaves you for me and her. Mm-hmm. Frank, I think there's a quote here. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. It'd have been great if you blew him a kiss. <laughs> hey, baby boy. Let me swab the inside of the cheek, daddy. What cheek? <laughs> Let's see, let me see that culo. <laughs> Thanks. It cuts to Alex later on in the day. I think like the bank is closing and he is mm-hmm. panic calling Jordan and he wants to leave town because everyone else is dropping dead around them. And Jordan says that it'll look even more suspicious. So he needs to stay put. But what he doesn't know is Jordan is just using him at this point. About to throw him out. Yeah. Yeah. He's about to fucking throw him under the bus. Cut back to Dexter showing Lumen his kill tools. And she's like, these are beautiful. And ooh, ah. But at the same time, Stan has already broken into the apartment and set up these hidden cameras. And he can see this going down. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is more than he thought he was going to get. Yeah, exactly. While we watch Dexter and Lumen break into Alex's house to wait for him to kill him, we see Jordan sitting outside of the house in his car, and he ends up placing a call to Deborah saying that Alex had called his office and he was wanting to talk to Cole, basically alluding that Alex is going to flee the country. Was Jordan at Alex's house? Yeah, he was sitting right outside watching Dexter and Lumen break in. And then he's in the car, hangs up and drives away. What? Yeah. Did I sleep through this? Obviously. (laughs) This sets Deb to grab Joey and say, we got to get the fuck over there before he hops a plane. So they take off going that direction. Like I said, as Dexter and Lumen are setting up to kill Alex as soon as he gets home. Alex comes home. The way 
way they fucking get him is fucking baller. Alex walks in, the TV turns on, and it's Lumen's tape playing. And he is fucking entranced by this. He is horrified. And Lumen stands up in front of the TV and she's like, you remember me? Or something like that. And he's like, you fucking bitch! And then like runs at her, I think. But she just doesn't move and Dexter M99s him in the neck. And he wakes up on the table. Lumen kills him and you see Deb and Joey at Alex's house and they don't see anything there. And as they're leaving their house, they spot a partial footprint leaving his house to the house that's next door. Deborah suspects the 13 victim has survived and has escaped and now that this person would be the vigilante. So what you see after Deborah spots this partial is this next door house, which Mm -hmm. is for sale. So it's open and empty. Yeah. And that's where the murder took place was next door. Yeah. But the whole time, it, the way it's shot, it's suspenseful because you think that Deborah and Joey are going to walk in on them. And then the episode ends with Lumen mm-hmm. initiating sex with Dexter at the apartment. But yeah, and he's like, he kisses her on the forehead and it's so fucking sweet. And I just, <laughs> I love them. I did notice during this that while they're kissing, he's wearing his wedding ring. Mm-hmm. But when you see them in the bed after they've had sex, his wedding ring has disappeared. Yeah. And I think you made a note that in his inner monologue, he says with Lumen, he's someone different that in her eyes he's not a monster at all and as they're laying there it shows both of their scars are visible which i think is very poetic because they're both being vulnerable one sex her after being assaulted but also both of their scars are completely visible when they're both naked laying there Mm -hmm. looking into each other's eyes they only see each other for like you know who they are inside instead of all of their trauma right this season was really well written like i know i'm bad about the curtains or blue shit but That's obvious. I feel like that's blatant right there. Yeah. So episode 11, Hop a Freighter. The episode opens with Deborah and Quinn at Jordan's office. They just kind of bust in and they thank him for the tip on Alex. They mention that he's now disappeared too and that Deborah straight up thinks that Jordan is sus and this hisses Jordan off and he basically mildly threatens her, but she basically says, you're gonna be next. Sorry, but you're gonna be next. Fuck you. The whole time, Joey is just straight up chilling on the couch like he does not have a fucking care in the world. So Dexter and Lumen are trying to plan Chase's murder, but there's just so much security holding them back. Lumen suggests that they lure him out and use her as bait, but Dexter is adamant that he is against this and he does not want to risk her life to try to get him. They lean over and kiss and it's super cute and Dexter notices that surveillance footage of himself and Lumen has shown up on the baby monitor in front of him. It had intercepted the frequency, I guess, and he realizes that they're being watched. He stands Lumen up and he basically whispers into her ear what's going on. So Masuka has found a second print at that for sale house next to Alex Tilden's house. Mm-hmm. Matches the one that Deborah found, the partial. While they were there, they did some investigating inside the open house. They found that the dining room had been recently cleaned with bleach. You even hear in Dexter's inner monologue, like if they'd been there 24 hours later, the bleach smell would have been gone. And he's like mm-hmm. really annoyed that they're like so close. So this leads Masuka to suggests that the vigilante likely killed Tilden there. Mm -hmm. And I think this is when Masuka slips about the vigilante and Deborah Mm -hmm. says something like, oh, it's just a theory I'm working on. That's when Maria pushes her to tell her about it. Deborah says, oh, I think number 13 managed to survive and is coming back for all these men. And Maria says, there's no way a woman is killing these men by herself. And this is why uh, Deborah thinks, oh, maybe there's another helping her. Yeah. So Dexter goes and looks and he finds that Quinn's name is 
is attached to the surveillance equipment under a false case number in like a year that Joey would have still been in like grade school. Yeah, and this bitch just stays logged in. She doesn't log out. This this is actually kind of realistic, sadly enough. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, he also finds that there was no court order given for surveillance of his home. So this must be done off the books. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he decides that Quinn's doing this on his own. And this leads he and Lumen to break into Quinn's apartment and look for any information that he may have on him. And he finds pictures of he and Lumen dumping Cole's body. Lumen wants to take the photos and Dex says that they can't because then Quinn would know that they were missing. Deborah and Quinn go on a trip to talk to Dan the dentist's wife and ask her a few questions. She mentions that he had a lot of man time and fishing trips. The officers tell her (laughs) the new information linking him to the Barrel Girl case and asks if she knows any of the suspects such as Chase, Tilden, etc. But whenever they go in, she initially is just upset because she thinks he's gay because he was the one found with Saran Wrap guy. Yeah. They're like, uh, your husband was not gay. In fact, most likely because he was raping women. And she's like, holy shit. (laughs) It went from bad to worse. Yeah. (laughs) Her day got exponentially worse. But she says that she doesn't recognize any of them except for Jordan Chase. And his name is Eugene Greer. And she points over to a rowing trophy or sailing trophy. She's like, no, like Jordan Chase is Eugene Greer. And that's what leads them to find out that he is just using an alias. Yeah, that he had changed his name and that he and Dan the dentist were childhood friends. Yeah, so that's the connection, Jordan Chase. So they go back to the police department and tell Batista what they found. And Batista says that Chase and Tilden are connected. Dexter overhears this and concludes like, oh, I need to act fast. Like they're catching on to what's going on. And it's at this point that Deborah tells Dexter about the boot print and the partial says, whoever the vigilante has helping her must love her and be willing to do anything for her. Dexter says like, love. And Deborah's like, I don't know. They've got serious shit. And Dexter (laughs) repeats that later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see Lumen and Dexter at some like street fair or something and they're at this kiosk and I think the guy's like trying to get them to buy jewelry or something. Yeah. They're like, how about this? And they point out this pocket knife. Dexter buys it for her so she can have it for protection. And he really wants her to leave Miami until it's safe. Of course, she refuses, says she can't leave. Yeah. And it's really cute. And that's where the title comes from. She's like, what do you propose? Do we hop a freighter and like get out of here? You know, being kissy kissy in the corner. Mm -hmm. Quinn tries to make up with Deb by telling her that he loves her again. And he tells her that she's not like any other girls. She's not like other girls. She's more like a guy. And Deborah's like, a guy? <laughs> and I relate to this. I've been told that I'm a guy or I'm like one of the guys a lot. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't like it either. Yeah, no. He's like, no, I just mean that you get it. You don't play games. Yeah, and you're not ever afraid to call me on my bullshit. So Batista ends up telling Quinn and Deborah that Chase will be untouchable. I think he walks in on this meeting they're having. That he'll be untouchable soon because he's booked a Europe trip. Europe tour. Mm-hmm. let's say. They've got to find some shit on him before he leaves to try to keep him there. Yeah. So Dexter, after he realizes that there's surveillance in his apartment, you know, went looking for a van. Mm-hmm. He's looking for the van again. He finds the van that he's rolled out all the others. He thinks he's got Quinn and he's about to open the door and try to trank Quinn. 
Uh-huh. Liddy ends up coming from behind with the taser and tases Dex, throws him in the back of the van and drives away with the van. He yeeted him into that fucking van, dude. Yeah, he did. In the meantime, while he's out and about, Emily calls Lumen and says, I need you and Dexter to come to my house. I'm in danger. I think Jordan's coming for me. Something, you know, just this big elaborate uh-huh. ruse of please come to my house. And Lumen says, you know, she'll get Dexter and they'll be right there. She gets off the phone. You see Chase is in the house with her, with Emily and he congratulates her on her acting. Lumen tries to call Dexter. Dexter doesn't answer and so she leaves a message saying, Emily just called. She's in danger. She needs us. I'm gonna go. Come get us later. Uh-huh. Back in the van, Liddy is calling Quinn and says, meet me here. Help me with this bust. Quinn's like, I told you to fuck off and Liddy's like, no, you need to come. So Quinn drags his feet but he does get there. Liddy gets off the phone. Dexter says, it sounds like he doesn't want to be here. Which Dexter's even kind of surprised because he thought it was Quinn that was behind all this. Mm-hmm. So Dexter is tied up, I think like zip tied or some shit in the back of the car. Liddy ends up parking the van and he climbs into the back. He hangs a sheet over the front so no one can really see into the back from the front. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's no windows in the back. So he whips out a videotape recorder and he's like, okay, so like admit to everything, blah, blah, blah. I'll let Lumen go, some shit. I just want my job back. I don't know, some dumb fucking shit. And Dexter ends up fucking kicking him in the face. So his, his hands are zip tied behind his back. Uh-huh. But he manages to do this like body lift and he pulls his arms out from underneath them and he tucks his legs underneath. So he gotcha. maneuvers and gets his arms out in front of him. Gotcha. They're still zip tied together. Bruce, that's why I was like, again, insert does going, this man is sick. <laughs> but he gets his hands in front of him and then they, they tussle and Dexter ends up getting enough leverage and he stabs Liddy in the chest. Yeah. And while the knife is still sticking out of his chest, he saws the zip ties off of his hands. That tracks. While that is happening, it does cut back to Loomis momentarily and you see her arriving at Emily's house alone. Emily is horrified that she came by herself. She's like, no, I needed you both to be here. I I told you I need you and Dexter. You need to make Dexter come here now. And that's when Chase reveals to Lumen that he's in the house. He goes like, no, no, no. Maybe this will be better. We'll play a game. It'll be fine. So yeah. And that's when it cuts back. You see that Dexter's just killed Liddy and Mm -hmm. Quinn does show up and he's like looking around. You see Dexter like holding his breath, crawling around the inside of the van and making sure the doors are locked, (laughs) muting Liddy's phone before Poor Quinn, you know, hear it ringing. Yeah. You hear, you see Joey leave a message outside of the mm-hmm. van and be like, look, Liddy, like you fucked up, like you pissing me off. You know, you, you're wasting my time. I'm done. And you see him leave. But before he leaves, because of where Dexter has stabbed Stan, there's so much blood and some of the blood mm-hmm. is dripping out of the back door and conveniently some blood gets on Joey's shoe and Joey leaves. Yeah, but Joey doesn't notice the blood dripping. Mm-hmm. And he knows nothing about the murder. He, you know, he yeah. can't see into the van. So, and Frank, yeah. if you want to insert a quote, damn, he's still double cheeked up. Yeah, he is. Look at him. God damn, cargo pants never looked better. <laughs> this man was a whole PR move for fucking cargo pants. Thanks. I'm sorry. No sick man should be able to fill out cargo pants like Michael C. Hall. It's not okay. That man is sick. <laughs> So Dexter ends up listening to his voicemail and he hears Lumen's message about Emily and he tosses all of the video surveillance equipment into the water, takes the rest of the recording equipment with him and he is panicked because I feel like he knew something was up. Mm-hmm. He peels out of here to go back towards his apartment, but obviously she's not there so he can't find her. So Deborah, whenever she found out that they need to have something on Chase to keep him here, she filed with the judge for him to be taken in as a material witness so he could not leave and she decided to file it with judge directly instead of going through the 
Guerta because Guerta has been fucking her. Maria has pulled Deb into her office to let her know that the judge has blocked it. And like, why didn't you come to me? I could never think of a reason you wouldn't want to come to me for help. And Deborah's like, because you fuck me all the time. You're a cunt. You don't ever <laughs> support her. Yeah. Yeah. And Maria's like, well, I'm sorry if there's been a misunderstanding about our friendship. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Deborah said, you know, at one point in time, I considered you a friend and yeah. Maria apologizes if she's ever insulted the friendship or offended. Which whatever. no shit. You, ruin, you tried to ruin her career. Fuck off. But anyways, LaGuerta says that as Deborah's about to storm out that she filed it with a judge that owed her a favor and she got it for her. Mom says like, you know, go get your guy. Deborah is off to go do that. Now, Emily tries to help Chase, you know, say that like she'll, she'll get him Dexter to come and she's just trying to people please him. Chase ends up fucking murdering her in front of Lumen with a fire poker in her like living room. It's so fucked up. He knocks Lumen to the floor. Lumen tries to escape while he's beating Emily to death, but she she has to watch Emily being beaten to death in front of her. Deborah goes off to the airport with the deputy, and of course Jordan never showed up for his plane. In fact, I think his one of his security guards or another, or maybe a pilot, some flight staff says, you know, he he was supposed to show up an hour ago. He never did. And then you see Dexter show up at Emily's house and he's going through all the blood. He realizes, did he find Emily's body? He found Emily's body after he was following the blood. Yeah. You know, sees no sign of Jordan or Lumen. Goes through the house and he goes out the back door and he sees Lumen's knife. And he could tell by the, the pattern of the blood that someone was running away. So, And she had stabbed Jordan, but dropped her knife in the process. He concludes that she definitely put up a fight and he mm-hmm. leaves to go find the two of them. And that's the end of the episode. Episode 12, the big one. Episode opens with Dexter rushing into his apartment and grabbing his kill tools and spatting with Harry. I don't remember exactly what the spat is about, but who fucking cares? It's a a figment of his imagination, so... As Dexter is about to leave through the apartment, he opens the door and he sees Cody, Aster, their grandparents, Sonia, and Harrison standing there. Surprise! They all came to Miami to surprise Dexter and have Harrison's birthday party there instead of Orlando. Uh, yeah. And Dexter's like frantically like trying to get out of the house. Sonia's like, all I heard in the whole car right here was Dexter this, Dexter that, Dexter here. Like, they really want to talk to you. And Dexter's like, they could talk to me later. I gotta fucking go. <laughs> and she, you know, looks at him very sternly and he's like all right fine so the kids ask if they could stay with him during their summer break he of course says yes he'd be happy to have them yeah the police can't find jordan chase they're still looking for him can't find him you see dexter in the car he's looking still looking for lumen and he calls her phone again and this time jordan answers you see jordan in his car driving and you see lumen in the trunk of his car and she's i think screaming and she's definitely like kicking at the back of the trunk Mm -hmm. And you see Jordan at a red light and he's talking to Dexter. I think he drops his cliche tick, tick, tick line. And you see a fruit vendor on the side of the road recognize Jordan. You see that he hears the thumping coming from the trunk. Yeah. And I think he like pointed at the trunk like, what, what is that? And then yeah, like, Jordan senor, like, like, senor, like, what, huh? Like, yeah, yeah he's very and concerned. Then he races away. Deb is re-watching the assault tapes and Dexter ends up calling county records to get property records on Jordan because he knows that Jordan would probably take her somewhere he's familiar with and he also owns like a fuck ton of properties. Mm. Maria ends up assigning Deb, Dexter, and Joey to the Stan Liddy crime scene. So she comes out and she says, we've had one of our own murdered it was stan liddy it's across the bay we're gonna take a boat i need deborah quinn and 
Dexter and Batista, I think. Well, see, that was the thing. She like individualized. She said Deborah, Dexter, Joey. And then when they get there, it's the three of them. She's there. Batista's there. She might as well just said everybody roll out <laughs> yeah 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 and quinn's like liddy's dead like he is fucking deer in the headlights like oh shit just starts, don't look good yeah don't be suspicious don't, don't be, be suspicious, suspicious. <laughs> cuts back you see jordan bringing luma to an old camp it looks like it's been abandoned for years stan's crime scene they're going through the van and you know masuk is taking his pictures batista's standing around mm-hmm. and has dexter walk him through what must have happened in this van which yeah. of course Dexter knows everything that happened in this van. Yeah. He goes through it so fast. And so he's like, yeah, I got to roll out. And so Angel's like, am I the only one interested in this fucking crime scene? What the yeah, fuck? Because, yeah, Maria's got Joey to the side and Deborah's yeah. not kind of doing anything. And yeah, Maria's got Joey to the side and Deborah's watching Maria and Joey on the side. And yeah. it cuts over to Maria and Joey, who, as I just said, are over on the side. And she wants all of the voicemails, which you saw in the boat ride, Joey's deleting all of his yeah. voicemails. And messages and call yeah. history. She said, we already know, like, all of his last phone calls were to you. We want to know what he was saying to you. Like, obviously, he needed you for something. Mm-hmm. And as they're talking, she happens to look down and she spots blood. She removes it from the scene. Which and she's back to the police department. I call bullshit. She's not that good of a cop. Fuck off. Here's the other thing, too. As vain as Joey seems to be, I notice when there's something wrong with my shoes i feel like you're telling me joey didn't look down once joey didn't take a piss and look down <laughs> once and didn't see this on his shoes right while still at the crime scene county records calls dexter back and they say eugene greer has one property and it's yeah. the river jordan camp it's been closed for a bunch of years blah blah blah. gives him the address he narrowed it down also to his old home county area as opposed to like the miami metro area dexter's like all right i'm done here and as he leaves he steals a car by throwing a rock through the window and like lets himself in and all the cars to steal it was a fucking like grand prix (laughs) the red one too yeah so yeah he steals his car on his way to go save lumen deborah talks with joey while he waits for an attorney because she was wondering what the fuck was going on and maria's like you can try to talk to him he won't answer anything from me deborah walks in turns the cameras off and she's like okay i need you to fucking level with me here because this is not fucking good what was going on and basically joey just tells her you know i didn't kill liddy That's all I can really tell you right now. And he kind of dismisses her and he's like, you know, you should be looking for Jordan right now. So go. And she's frustrated because she just wants him to be honest with her. And so uh, Dexter is driving fast and furriest and he's distracted while he's talking to Harry and he ends up flipping the stolen car as he drives onto the property of this camp. Yeah, I think he runs it up over a big rock or something and like it does like a big flip and he has to crawl out from this car. Again, this man is sick. (laughs) And Jordan is waiting on him as he crawls out with his knives and then takes him back to where he's holding Lumen. What's really fucked up, when he was leading Lumen into the place, he said, this should be familiar to you because that's where all the assaults took place. Mm -hmm. So fucked up. Yeah. So essentially we learned... And I don't know that we've mentioned it, but throughout this episode, so they started at the camp and you find that out here. I feel like you find the things out in backwards, like sequence of events, but they start out the camp. When the guys are done with them, the girls are shipped over to Boyd's house and Boyd is responsible for killing them. So they all have different like roles in this. Mm-hmm. Once you ended up at Boyd's, like you were going to die anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he was the finisher, as Dexter put it. Back at the police department, I think one of the cops, maybe Batista, comes up to Deborah Mm -hmm. 
and says, oh, a fruit vendor just called in. They saw Jordan. You need to go talk to him. Deb's like, okay, yeah, maybe I will. So Deborah leaves the department to go talk with the street fruit vendor. Then cut back to Dexter. There's a lot of cutting back and forth mm-hmm. as as there normally is in these season finales. Of course, Jordan like throws Dexter into where Lumen is. She's tied like her hands are around a pipe. Like, so she's kind of hanging, but not really. He's like given this whole spiel about how... He was impressed because Lumen is brave or some shit and he made her that way. And Dexter just is like, fuck it. And as soon as Jordan isn't paying attention, he had put a knife in his pocket, I'm assuming, pulls it out and stabs Jordan in the foot with it, giving him enough time to overpower him. Dexter overpowers Jordan. He frees Lumen. It cuts back to Deborah talking to the street vendor. And he finally ends up directing her to the camp, but there's a lot of lost in translation Mm -hmm. shit happening here. And she's like, I fucking swear to God after this, I'm taking Spanish lessons. And Frank, if you want to cut in the quote. You want to know why she did it? Because Google Translate came out after this. (laughs) Because she was dead soon after this. Shut up! (laughs) Thanks. The fruit vendor eventually says he went that way and she's like, what, what is up there? And, she, and he says something and she's like, camp? Oh, camp? And he's like, see, 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 a camp. And so she uh-huh. knows they need to go to a camp. Yeah. So it cuts back. You see Jordan strut to the table who's continuing to taunt Lumen how there's something different about her or it's in her eyes and this is and this and she just kind of snaps and stabs him we're yeah. done we're done yeah. fuck you jordan chase you're gone yeah and i think she says like this is for all the girls or something like that mm-hmm. you see deborah pull up to the camp and then it cuts right back to lumen and mm-hmm. dexter and lumen really wants to leave the body behind so he can be found and people will know like this is done and of course Dexter's like uh no we can't leave the body that's not, <laughs> that's not gonna happen they're in another room behind this big plastic sheeting which already just happened to be there this isn't their plastic sheeting but there's this big plastic sheeting and they're on the other side of it and deborah comes into the room and she sees jordan's body and then she sees the outline just the outlines of dexter and lumen through this plastic Uh she says i know who you are she's holding her gun she tells him not to move and she says i know who you are number 13 i know what they did to you i saw the tapes watch them over and over it's a miracle you survived and you pointing to dexter uh-huh. whoever you are you know that too maybe it's true some people deserve to die referring to her conversation with her and dexter earlier but i'm a cop and i don't make that decision so i'm going to call this in in an hour this place would be swarming with cops if i were you i'd be gone by then and then she leaves the room to go back outside yeah and then she backs up the stairs and walks out assuming that she probably drives right off the property before she calls it in mm-hmm. and that gives dexter and lumen enough time to Cut the body up and move it. And clear out, yeah. And erase any evidence. So we assume that bust has gone down by now. And Deborah goes back to the police station and she visits Joey in a cell and he's like, you know, I'm so happy to see you. She talks about that she doesn't know what happened with Joey, but she's not judging. Not everything is black and white like she always thought it was. Talking about her coming to the conclusion that sometimes the right thing to do would not be sending Lumen to jail for Mm -hmm. taking care of these fucking assholes that raped her. Yeah, she doesn't tell Joey what she did, but he just said like, oh, did something happen? She says, yeah, something. And they just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, because I mean, at this point, like, let's be honest, he he ain't got no room to talk. Mm -mm. But she's she's starting to come to the conclusion that not everything is black and white. Yeah. Lumen and Dexter end up dumping Jordan's body, of course, into the ocean. She reiterates that it is a miracle that she survived and she's crying happy as they go back home. She says, do you ever think we would get here? I don't think Dexter really responds. Like maybe he said no, 
or something like that. And then he's like, home? And she nods yes, which he means the apartment. But we find out Mm -hmm. later she might be talking about something else. The next morning, you see Deborah and Dexter at the police department. And they're both just sitting in Dexter's lab, staring at Joey's shoe. Dexter says he hasn't analyzed it yet. And Deborah wants to know as soon as he knows anything. Mm -hmm. You see her leave and you see him starting to scrape the blood off of his shoe to like do the testing. When Dexter starts to test the shoe, she says, you think you know someone and then you don't to dexter and my note was get ready for the end of the next season bitch (laughs) yeah you see dexter return to his apartment and ready to prep for harrison's birthday and he's kind of upbeat he is so happy you never see him like this and you see lumen like sitting on the couch like like she's seen a ghost he basically is like flipping spatulas around not really but he does like (laughs) put a box of bisquick pancake mix on the counter and he's bopping around i'm a bit of a pancake connoisseur (laughs) yeah and just as finally realizes something's not right and he's like what's going on she's like we need to talk she reveals to dexter that she can't stay she needs to go back home what was holding her there is no longer you know she even said that to him earlier in the season i felt peace after dan died but Mm -hmm. she felt momentary peace after dan died but in order for it to stick she needed all of them to be gone so like Mm -hmm. i feel like she knew this was going to happen but yeah. She finally says, it isn't holding me here anymore. I feel peace. And she apologizes. Mm-hmm. And Dexter says, uh, and this is probably the most romantic we ever hear Dexter, at least up to this point. He like threw a dish, dropped to the ground. Like he, he was very this. upset that she wanted to leave. And yeah. she finally apologizes. And he says, don't be sorry. Your darkness is gone. I'll carry it for you. Always. I'll keep it with mine. God, I almost shed a tear. Like, I got goosebumps. Uh. Yeah, because you have to think about it. When he was sweet and romantic to read it, like when he proposed to her, you're like, wow, this is a really sweet proposal. But you have to remember, he stole those words from a girl who killed a boy that she was obsessed with. So like... Yeah, it's a little fucked up. So then it cuts to Dexter looking around Harrison's birthday party and everyone from the office is there. Joey and Deborah haven't shown up yet, but Masuka's got like a date with a fat ass. Uh... (laughs) Love how he that's says, what I remember. is it weird to bring a date to a first birthday party? And Dexter's like, no, I'm glad you brought her. And he's <laughs> like, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Deborah. Yeah. And points and Deborah's walking up with Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deborah like walks up to Dexter and she's like, you could have fucking told me sooner it came back. It's not stands. Mm-hmm. She's like chain of custody. LaGuerta insisted. And then Joey walks over and he's like, thanks for the blood work. Yeah. And they kind of come to like a mutual understanding. Like, I don't like you. But, like, you owe me one, so we're Yeah, Dexter just said he was doing his job and just, like, kind of left it at that, yeah. Yeah, so Dexter ends up, you mentioned him, like, taking off his wedding ring whenever he and Lumen were having sex. His ring disappeared. You don't see him removing it, so I don't know if it's a new error or if he took it off. So at the end of this, you finally see him actually remove his wedding ring. And he's sitting there and he talks with Aster. She asks him if he helped his quote-unquote tenant and if it helped him feel better about the Rita thing. Mm. He says yes. It ends with him blowing out the candles with Harrison. It was very good. Very good season. I'm kind of sad it's over, honestly. I'm excited. <sighs> We're that much closer to if you Doomsday. Say Hannah- Okay. To the Doomsday Murder season. And then when the Doomsday Murder is over, then we're at season seven, episode three, when Hannah is introduced. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't remember shit about Doomsday. What I was saying at the beginning of the episode about how like season four and season five are really realistic. Season six is going to lose you real fast, but it is so good. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I feel like it is really like captivating television. Gotcha. It was a good season. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Would watch again. Julia Stiles, please come back in the new 
series just as like a nod i'd appreciate that did you see michael c hall said that it might like not be the final final season like they no i didn't but yeah so we might be in for more than just one season of dexter which jesus fucking christ our (laughs) recording is gonna be like what the fuck we have to come back every year revisit that'd be hell but i wouldn't say no oh hold on actually this is on topic okay this isn't the greatest website because it says published (laughs) one days ago yeah, that's legit. Dexter's Michael C. Hall explains why he signed on for the revival. Here's a direct quote. I'm looking forward to getting back into Dexter's shoes. I don't really know what to expect as I've never returned to a job after so much time. Having Dexter in a completely different context, we'll see how that feels. It's been interesting to figure out how to do that. And I thought it was time to find out what the hell happened to him. <laughs> Didn't we all? When asked whether it took much to convince him to revive the vigilante serial killer, Paul said, I just needed the persuasion of time passing so I could get some distance away from that part and have more possibilities for him. Really, it was about being presented with a story I felt was worth telling. There had been other proposals and possibilities for Dexter, other roads we started down, but this was the first that was worth continuing on. That gives me a lot of hope. (laughs) So I'm really excited for the reboot. I'm, I have... High hopes and faith that it will be good. So if you liked what you heard, you should totally give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Yep. Tell your friends. If you want to throw us a buck, there's something for that on our page on Anchor. You can follow us on Instagram. I am at bean.butrito. I'm at witzy12, W-H-I-T-Z-Y 12. The show's Instagram is bitchwatchpod. I think I sort of mentioned it last week and then I kind of forgot, but we still have our listener survey open. If someone could please take this <laughs> survey. <laughs> we would love you. We'll, we'll fucking buy you a margarita if you're of age. In spirit, because like, unless yeah. someone wants to throw us a dollar in that support jar, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. to kind of help us. We have a plan of what we want to do for the show this summer. Actually very excited about this summer. It's going to be yeah. very fast paced, very fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I think it would add more variety for people. We like to do bigger shows uh, and plan to do bigger shows like in our main season. But mm-hmm. in summer shorts, we're what? Rapid firing five different series. Five shows in 15 weeks. Remember to make good choices. Or don't be smart about it. Bye. Bye. Two bitches, yeah, two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. (laughs) Bitch.